0: First John chapter 5, I'm going to read here. The New Testament and then also the Old. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 19, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Real simple. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. I'll read that one more time. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your spirit would be here this morning. Let your Holy Spirit move, Father, as it's done this is the beginning of this service, I pray that your spirit would be with us for these next few moments, speak to our hearts and through us here this morning, Father, I give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name, and all together we said, amen. we all said, amen. amen. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, you can do it, then you may be seated. Nathaniel Bronner, Jr. said, Ego has a voracious appetite. The more you feed it, the hungrier it gets. Charles Colton said, There is a paradox in pride. This one you got to think about. There's a paradox in pride. It makes some men ridiculous, but it prevents others from becoming so. I like what somebody said. said, temper gets you into trouble, but pride keeps you there. Isn't that the truth? If you don't believe it, just drive in traffic. This morning, I want to talk to you about pride. And pride is one of the biggest reasons why so many men and women find themselves in a negative predicament. It is a reason why so many wars have been declared and also why so many... Have never ended. It is a reason why many marriages started and a major reason why many marriages have even ended. Pride has the ability to change your life all in one decision. It also has the ability to keep your life the same all in one decision. It is a master to many, but a servant to none. It is such a big dealings with that even as Christians, That in 1 John chapter 2, you'll read it there in verse 16, it it is called out as one one of the major three. It's called the pride of life. This pride of life, if given the authority, it will take you on the ride of your life. The pride of life, if given the authority by you, will take you on the ride of your life. There's a story of this woman who was on this business trip. And she was on her return flight, and it was delayed. So she went to the airport shop, bought a book, a coffee, and a small packet containing five ginger nut biscuits. The airport, was cro- the airport was crowded, and she found a seat in the lounge next to a stranger. After a few minutes of reading, she became absorbed in her book. She took a biscuit from the packet and began to drink her coffee. She, it took. To her great surprise, the stranger in the next seat calmly took one of the biscuits and ate it. Stunned, she couldn't bring herself to say anything nor even look at the stranger. Nervously, she continued reading. After a few minutes, she slowly picked up and ate the third biscuit. Incredibly, the stranger took the fourth ginger nut and ate it. And then to the woman's amazement, he picked up the packet and offered her the last biscuit. This being too much for her to tolerate, the lady angrily picked up her belongings, gave the stranger an indignant scowl, and marched off to the boarding gate where her flight was now ready. Flustered and mad and enraged, she reached inside her bag for her boarding pass and found an unopened packet of gingernut biscuits. It wasn't even hers the whole time. It was someone else's. But inside of her, I can't believe this. this is, I can't, I'm enraged right now. S- soon find out. If you would just kind of slowly let the emotion die down, you'll come to find out that's probably actually your fault. Happens a lot of times. with the pride, it gets the best of us. Or should I say pride gets the worst of us. Pride sometimes puts you in a situation that you don't want to be there, but there you are. My friend, pride is an ugly, stinking place to be in. It's an attitude sometimes that takes us out of control. Look at your neighbor and say, do you got this? (laughs) Whether we care to think of it or not, many times we have it in more places than others. Even as you read the Bible, you will read about how many men in the Bible themselves, they were filled with this thing called pride. King Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with pride that he built a statue of himself. Moses, thought to be his very own savior, with his very own hands, killed a man and buried him in the sand. Samson himself got a little cocky with his hair and told a woman how great he wasn't without it. Peter felt that since he had walked on water, that I can cut anyone's ear off, that I feel he doesn't need to have an ear what happens. Even David at the height of his success decided to count his very own success. Now as you even look at the life of David, you'll look at him and you'll see that there was many countless things of an open book life that you will read that David had an account for his sins. He committed many of them. So if I were to ask you right now, what was David's great sin Probably right away you would reply with, well, David's great sin. He slept with Bathsheba, you know, committed adultery and, you know, that whole scenario and situation. That's how we know David for his fall of sin with a woman. And then after that, he even had this woman's husband killed in battle. Now, that's pretty much a good uh, uh, sin that must be dealt with. Now, certainly the sins of adultery and murder, these are great sin. These are great sins, and they're not to be treated lightly. But David committed another sin that had even greater consequences. See, because of David's adultery, four people died. Uriah, the baby that was unborn, or the baby that was born, Amnon, and Absalom. But because of David's other sin, 70,000 people died. Are you hearing me here this morning? See, when David confessed his sins of adultery and murder, he said in 2 Samuel chapter 12, you can read it. He says, I have sinned. But when, David, but when he confessed his other sin, he said, I have sinned greatly. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 21. See, this is a very important subject that many times, that a lot of times we don't want to deal with, but my friend, you got to deal with it. This is something each and every day you and I must be able to deal with, not only with the person sitting in the seat, but the person preaching behind the pulpit as well. In other words, I'm preaching to myself. First Chronicles chapter 21. Let's read this story here. In verse 1, it says, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to a census of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, Go and count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan. Then report back to me so that I may know how many there are. Now jump down to verse 7. This command was also evil in the sight of God, so he punished Israel. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. I'll jump down to verse 14. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and was grieved because of the calamity and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough! Withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Urana, the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth with a drawn sword in his hand extended over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell down. David said to God, Was it not I who ordered the fighting men to be counted? I am the one who have sinned and done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? O oh Lord my God, let your hand fall upon me and my family. Do not let this plague remain on your people. Then the angel of the Lord ordered Gad to tell David, David, to go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Urona the Jebusite. So David went up in obedience to the word that God had spoken in the name of the Lord. A lot of times when we look at King David, we look at his life and we say, man, he committed adultery What a horrible man. And my friend, I want you to know something. Adultery, that is a horrible thing. And it's not to be treated lightly, but this sin that David committed did a little bit more damage and a lot of times you don't see it it comes out in a different way it's called pride look at your neighbor say be careful see satan's goal is always to get the will and control it he he may begin by deceiving the mind as he did with eve or even by attacking the body as he did with job but ultimately he must get to the will see in david's case Satan bypassed the mind and bypassed the body and attacked his very own will, and he won. See, David's mind was not deceived. He had his eyes wide open when he rebelled against God. See, David was not suffering. In fact, his kingdom was in very great shape. He had won a number of important victories and was enjoying being at his very popularity in his peak. See, we must never underestimate the importance of the will of the Christian life, the will that you have. My friend, it's a very strong yet scary thing. you got to be very careful of this thing that we have within our Christian life. See, many believers, we have what is called an intellectual religion. In other words, it just satisfies the mind but never changes the life. In this intellectual religion, you can discuss the Bible and even argue about it, but when it comes to living it, we fail. There's a pride in this intellectual religion. Other believers even have an emotional religion made up of changing feelings. Unless they're on an emotional high, they feel that God has forsaken them. See, my friend, God doesn't want just a part. He wants all of the inner parts. He wants all of it. He doesn't want a small part. He wants total devotion to Him. I like what some writer said. He said, God wants an intelligent mind, a fervent heart, and an obedient will. I'm going to say that one more time. He wants an intelligent mind, a fervent heart, and an obedient will. See, our obedience ought to be intelligent, and it ought to be motivated from a warm and loving heart. See, the Christian life, my friend, is basically a matter of the will. Some of you here this morning, you had to will yourself just to get up to come to church. Some of you, op- you opened your eyes, but you said, ah, I don't know if I want to come to church. But you had to say, oh, okay, it's a matter of the will. Okay, am I going to do this today? Is this going to happen here today? See, this Christian life that we have, we are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, our mind, and our strength. Somebody say, my hearts. Somebody say, my mind and my strength. See, the heart has to do with the emotions. That's why the Bible says, let everything that has breath, let it praise the Lord. Let everything you have, the emotions that you have. The Bible also says, be angry, but sin not. See, these are the emotions that we have. The emotions that you have, I want you to know something. They're an important part of your life. And God wants devotion of that heart. Also, of the mind, in other words, the intellect that you have, the mind that God has given you. Be transformed by the renewing of your? The Bible also says to study to show thyself approved. It doesn't just say come to church and just open up your mind and that's it. It says, no, 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 study the word. Get in there. John three sixteen. that's a great poster to have at a field goal post at a, a football game. That's good. I'm glad you got that. But you got to study. Get in there. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But then also the strength, which is the will, and I love what the Bible says: "When I am weak, He is strong." The matter of the will. Some of you here this morning, you probably just you didn't even walk in; you crawled in this morning. Said, "Oh man, I just I just got here," but that's okay. Where you are weak, He is strong. Listen, I don't know about you, but every once in a while, the devil tries to hit me, and man, it hurts. Like, I, I've heard that saying before, you know, that what doesn't kill me makes me str- stronger, right? I don't know. I've been through a few things that make me feel a little bit weaker. I've been through a few things that, man, you feel like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever had a spiritual attack enough where you feel it physically. You ever had that before? Or you've just been attacked so much, you're like, ooh, that hurts. The, ooh, what was that? And you are think, what did I do? What, what happened? But it's okay. Where you are weak, he is strong. See, my friend, God is looking for a dedicated Christian that prays whether they feel like it or not. A dedicated disciple that obeys the word of God regardless of his own feelings. A dedicated believer that trusts in the Lord and gives with a cheerful heart. See, not somebody that comes and says, well, I don't feel like it today. Today just, you know what, it, it's kind of cloudy today. I, I don't know. You, you know what's funny sometimes? How many times our attitude is dictated by the weather. We look outside and we say, okay, oh, you know, it's cloudy. I don't think I'm going to go out today. kind of dictates our life. And many times that's how many believers are. Oh, you know what, that person's going to church today. I'm not going to go to church today. Oh, that person's sitting in this row. I'm not going to sit in this room. And it dictates our life. My friend, God is not looking for men and women that are dictated by feelings, but dictated by the obedience to God's word, the obedience to his will, not to our will, but his will. See, that's what God is looking for here this morning. See, a believer who lives on emotions, uh, who are repeatedly up and down, they are on a religious roller coaster. Oh, I feel good today. Oh, I don't feel good today. Oh, God is good because I got a lot of money. Oh, God is horrible because I don't have any. Always on a religious roller coaster. Oh, I feel like, oh, man, this is a great, I love it here today. Oh, man, she sings beautiful. I love it when Gloria sings. Oh, I hate it when Pastor sings. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Oh, man, everything's going great in my journey group. Man, they don't have no food in this journey group. I don't know if I'm going to come back. Oh, today the pastor shook my hand. It was great. Oh, the pastor didn't shake my hand. He just went out right on by me today. And all of a sudden, a believer—you're on that religious roller coaster. Figuring, okay, it's all about me, however I feel, whatever I feel like doing. That sounds very, very familiar. If you read the, actually the portions of the scripture there in uh, the book of Isaiah, that's actually what the devil wanted to do. If I be exalted, if I, 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 I that's a whole lot of I, 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 I. The devil was probably Mexican. I, I, I. Just kidding. Mexicans, don't get mad at me, amen. I'm going to read on Facebook today. The pastor said that Mexicans are the devil. No, no, it's not what I said. But that's what the enemy tried to do. He tried to exalt himself. And so it was all about himself. It was all about his thinking. It was all about his ways. And sometimes if we're not careful, that's what we start doing. It's all about me. What can they do for me? What can I get from them? What can I, 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 I? My friend, you got to be very careful with this thing called pride. Tell your neighbor, be careful. See, when you and I got saved, we said, I will, as we responded to the call of God. But as we grow and serve God and as we love God, we say, thy will. When we got saved, we said, okay, I'm going to do this. I can do this. But as we serve and as we love God, we say, okay, not my will, but your will be done. See, some of you here this morning, you got to grab a hold of God's will. Because your life, just like my life, if we do it on our own strength, if we do it on our own will, it's going to lead us down a pathway of destruction that we don't want to go to. Listen, my friend, I pray that by the end of this service that you would say, listen, not my will be done. Not my ways, not my thinking. Listen, if you're looking for a good marriage, stop doing your will. If you're looking for a good way to get those finances, stop doing your ways. See, a lot of times we find ourselves in these predicaments and we're wondering, man, how did I get stuck here? Probably because at the beginning of the line, at the starting line, we said, my will be done. And then in the middle of it, we're trying to go this way, we're trying to go that way, we're trying to go this way. Man, how am I going to do this? If you would just get at the starting line and say, okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. See, a lot of times when we get at that starting line, though, we want to go fast. I want to go fast. I want to do it fast. Let's do it. Let's get this done right away. Let's get let's go. When God's way says, okay, the tortoise is quicker than the hare. We don't think so because right away we want to go fast. I want to do it fast, man. And we're going to do this right away. Okay, we're going to do this. God says, okay, I just want you to finish. And if you're going to finish, this is how we're going to get it done. Not my will, but your will be done. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, what is our defense against this thing that we call Pride. Because pride is such a strong weapon, and we need to understand that Satan, he's a strong opponent. We know that. The only way to attain victory is through a stronger power. Listen to me. I said stronger power. I didn't say higher power. So when you go to, what is that, AA and NA and BA and AAA and AA and all these A's, they always say higher power. I want you to know something. No, it's not the higher power. It's the highest power. It's the strongest power. That's the only way that you and I can get it. This power comes from the Holy Spirit of God. Turn with me to Philippians chapter two, verse twelve, and this is where I want to focus. And then we're going to be done right here. First, excuse me, Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two, verse twelve. It says, "Therefore, my dear friends, have you have always obeyed not only in my presence." But now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. See, my friend, only God, the Holy Spirit, working in you, can control and enable you to please God. The Bible says, work out your salvation. Listen to me here, church. The Bible says, work out. It doesn't say, work for your salvation. Are you hearing me? Work out your salvation, not work for your salvation. Salvation is a free gift. Somebody say free gift. Somebody say free gift. It's a free gift that has already been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen on that one? It's already free. It's been purchased. To work out your salvation means to bring your Christian life to completion, to accomplish in character and conduct what God has planned for you. In the Greek, this word means to carry out to the goal, to bring to ultimate conclusion. See, my friend, God has a definite plan for each and every one of our lives, and we must cooperate with him in fulfilling this plan. See, this is something that you and I must understand. In order to get rid of those things, we got to grab a hold of him. Grab a hold of him daily. That's why the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. When we come to church, listen, I I know that we come here and I, I try to give you as much meat as possible when we come, when you come to church. But I want to tell you something. Can you imagine if you were to just eat, think about it, food, physically just once a week? Wouldn't that kind of hurt you a little bit? You'd be starving by the end of the day if you just ate once. But a lot of times, spiritually, that's what happens. We come to church and say, okay, pastor, feed me. Just feed me. And so we get our Bible, we open it up. Great, praise the Lord. We go home, put it on the table and say, okay, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Listen, my friend, you got to feed yourself. Get it in there. Get involved with the journey group. Can I hear an amen? Get in there. That's where you're able to even dive into the word even more so. Come tomorrow with the classes that we have. Get involved with Vethi where you get in there and say, man, I want to know more about God. I just don't want to come to church and dress nice on a one time, but God, I want to get in there. I want to be able to work this out until it comes to completion. Somebody say Completion. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here in this portion of scripture, there's three works. Three works. Number one, salvation. This is the work that God does for you. Hear me out. Salvation. This is the work that God has already done for you. This work was completed on the cross. Can I hear an amen? John chapter 17 verse 4. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures here. If you can write them down, write them down. Or if you want to get the CD, you can get it as well. John chapter 17 verse 4 says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. John chapter 19 verse 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus says, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And then also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But when the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. See, everything that God does in your life is based on this finished work of Christ. It's already done. Tell your neighbor, it's already done. See, this is the work of salvation that God already did. You don't have to work for it. A lot of times we come to church and say, man, if I don't come to church, I'm going to lose my salvation. No, it's already done. The salvation, the church, listen, this is a part of it. I am going to be talking about that. This is a part of it. But my friend, I want you to understand, your salvation is already based upon the work. It's already done. It is already finished. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God finished it. I'm glad that it is done. I am so happy that it is done, that I don't have to work for it, that salvation is a free gift. My friend, if you don't have salvation, it is free. That's the best four-letter word you're ever going to hear in your life. It's free. It is a free thing that God has already completed for you. You don't have to work for it. It's yours. Tell your neighbor, it's yours. That's the first work. The second work is the sanctification. This is the work that God does in you. In you. Salvation is but the beginning. It must be followed by spiritual growth and development. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Being sanctified. Saved and sanctified. The other day, I had an opportunity to walk into the home. Right And I was sharing there with the guys about the testimony. You guys remember that? We were talking about the testimony. And I asked them, "What is a testimony?" They were sharing, you know this and that. I said, "Yeah, that's, that's a testimony. Keep it good. It's a part of it. Your past, it's a part of you. But I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but it's just like driving in a car. The past, it's a part. You, you, you have to have it there. But the past is like a rearview mirror. It's only this big. But where you're going, it's this big. It's your windshield. That's good. That's a part of you. That's that's a part of who you were. So every once in a while, you got to look in the rearview mirror just to remind yourself, man, that was one ugly dude. Man, I don't know what was I thinking back then. But that's okay. I got a bigger future. I got a bigger. See, that's the sanctification where you're going forward. Not going backward, but going forward. Moving forward. Some of you here this morning, uh, you might be in a halt within your finances. You might be at a halt within your marriage. But by the end of today, you're going to say, you know what? I'm moving forward. I'm not going to stop right here, on I'm at, but I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to let the enemy hold on to my life anymore, but I'm going to move forward. Greater is he that is in me. His greatness is inside of me. The word of the Lord is inside of me than, than he that is in the world. Listen, some of you here today, you might be stopped. You might be stagnant in this situation. I pray by the end of this message, you're going to say, God, I'm going to move forward. That's the sanctification. Tell your neighbor, sanctify. sanctify. See, this sanctification leads to the third work, which is service. Service. This is the work that God does through you. First is salvation, what God does already for you. It's done. Sanctification, the second one, what God does in you, and then the third is service, the work that God does through you. See, God works in you that he might work through you and accomplishes the task that he has already prepared for you. I'm going to say that one more time. God works in you that you that he might work through you and accomplish the task that he has already prepared for you. He's got a plan for you. See, some of you come to church and think, Wow, that's the end of the plan. I made it to church. My friend, I want you to know something. Church is not the end plan for your life. I'm glad you came to church. It's a part of it, but it's not the end plan. Now, for some of you, it was just getting you maybe to come to church and say, okay, I made it here. I'm glad. I'm, you got it. That's a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. Can you imagine if you go to a baseball game? You go there, you pay a ticket. Let's just say you pay a ticket, costs $250. You're sitting right there in the very, right there in the back. I mean, right, I mean, you could pretty much high five the players behind home plate. Yeah, you come there, you get there early. You're like, yes, all right, I got it. This is good. Look, I'm high five I'm seeing the player taking pictures right there. Oh, man. you are like, yes, me and my friends, we got it. Oh, you came in. One inning goes by. Okay, you got to go now. You just got to go. Why do I got to go? No, that's it. It's just one inning. That's all you get. But what about the other nine? What about the other eight? No, that's it. You only get one inning. I don't know about you, but I'd be a little perturbed. I'd be a little upset, wouldn't you? I'd be a little upset. Like, what, what, what is this? Why is this going on? I don't know about you, but I want the whole thing. Tell your neighbor, I want the whole thing. See, right now, what we're doing, we're trying, we're even trying our best. We got a brand new computer, so every once in a while, things pop up on there. Amen. They just happened. I got eyes behind my head, amen. We're trying and we're going all out. Right now we're in the second inning of our computer, amen. That's it. That's where we're at. And I'm excited. Brother Victor's back there. He's working it out. We're doing some brand new things. If you were here at worship, remember you saw it? We were worshiping God. I was like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Then I saw Noel G. I said, where did Noel G come from? I guess we're worshiping Noel G. All right. I guess, no, we don't do that. Amen. Don't write that on Facebook. Pastor said that we worship Noel. No. No. I got Mexicans and Noel G now. My gosh. So we're working that out. We got some things in the works. This is the service that we're doing. See, God. Has already completed something for you, salvation. Now he wants to do something in you, sanctification. Now he wants to give you something, a service. He wants to work through you. Wants to work through you. See, a lot of times we need to understand that when we come to church, that's just the first inning. That's just a part of it. We've got a full nine innings that we're going for. And I want you to know something. We are working and we are in this game already from a place of victory. In other words, doesn't matter what happens in the fifth inning. Doesn't doesn't matter what happens in the middle. God has already given you the victory. Listen, I want you to know something. Some of you here this morning, you're in the middle of a situation. You're saying, man, I don't think I'm ever going to get the victory over this. I don't know if I'm ever going to see winning out of this. I want you to know something. You've already won. God has already given you the victory. But now he wants to in you and through you that's why you're going through a few of these situations when joseph was in the pit he probably thought man i'm never going to get out of this situation my brothers hate me my dad even doesn't even know if i'm alive but i want you to know something by the end of the situation he had gotten the victory listen my friend i don't know what you're going through here this morning i don't know what's filling in your heart but i want you to know something you've already got the victory if you believe that give the lord a hand of praise here this morning See, God wants to work in us through the Holy Spirit. How can I get the Holy Spirit? Read Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And you'll see it right here. I want them to come to the keyboard here this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your... Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, what God's will is, what God's will is, what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, the Holy Spirit can work in your life when your body, mind, and will are yielded to Him. See, when our lives are completely yielding to God, that's where you're finding yourself in His perfect will. See, we come to church not to come and get perfected. We come to church to get in His perfect will. Listen, so one day I'm going to have the perfect body. One day when I get to heaven. See, but a lot of times we we, we kind of strive after going, man, I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I want to look perfect. I want to be perfect. I want to talk perfect. I want to do the perfect. Listen, my friend, it's not about being perfect. It's about being in his perfect will. Not my will, but his will. He said, I don't know the situation you're going through. I don't know exactly what it is that you have in your life that is stressing you out, that is giving you pains, giving you sleepless nights. But I want you to know something. It's his good, pleasing, and perfect will that you want to be in. Because when you are in that, when you are in His perfect will, doesn't matter what comes your way. I want to share this story with you. I heard this the other day. It kind of really got me when I heard a man talking about a mom and a daughter who had gotten to a car accident. And the mom and the daughter who got into the car accident really struck me because apparently the woman woman had hit the windshield, but the daughter went through the windshield died. Wow. That would pretty much take anybody on a long journey that they're not ready for. Wow, it's heavy. Yet the woman still worshiped God. Now some of you right away would think, man, that's horrible. That's a bad thing to do. But I want you to know something, we, we cannot control certain circumstances. There are certain things that are beyond our control, and we try our best to control them. So because we can't control them, we get mad. We get angry. That's, no, that's not right. I just, that, that doesn't, that's not right. I've been here longer than him. I've done more than her. My family, we're not like them. How come I'm going through this? I'm a better husband than him. I'm a better wife than her. I don't understand. Why? And we try to control certain things. But when you are in the perfect will of God, finding out what his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Listen, the enemy wants to attack you through your will. He wants your will, just like what he did with David. He wanted his will. And because of he got into his will, said, Go ahead, count the men. Yeah. Everything was fine. He wasn't going through it. David was very popular. It was going great. He had it all together. But what happened was he let his will get in the way of God's will. Some of you here this morning, you're going through a situation. If you're not careful, your will can get in the way of God's will. It can get in that way. I can do this on my own. I can have this. Listen, my friend, I want you to know something. We can't do it on our own. I can't do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind, your body, your soul. When they're yielded to Him, totally devoted to Him, then all of a sudden, we don't have believers based on emotions. We don't have disciples based on, well, I don't get along with him. I don't get along with her. But you say, you know what? I'm yielding my will to God. Not my will, but your will be done. This is some of you here this morning. You may be sitting in church, and you may be worshiping God with your hands lifted to God, but your heart is closed to your brother. Your heart is closed to your sister. Saying, God, I worship you, but man, I hate her. I hate him. The Bible makes it very clear when he talks about that. How can you love a God you don't see, but you hate your brother? See, your heart is not yet yielded. Your heart is not yet yielded fully over to God. It's only based on the circumstances. Okay, if everything is going good, if I have enough money, then I'm going to love him. Then I'll love her. But if I ain't got it, no, no way. That's it. See, my friend here this morning. You want to have a life that is fully yielded to God, fully given over to God. Every one of us here this morning going through some different circumstances within our life, different situations within our lives. But when you live a life that is fully yielded to God, you will find the perfect will of God. The Bible says in James chapter 4, this is why Scripture says, says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's a very great portion of Scripture, resist the devil. I don't know if you've ever seen a few movies before, and they talk about the future. There's different movies that I've seen, and they share the future, and they try to, uh, you know, share what the future would be like. And I don't know if you've ever seen these movies before. But they show where the world is in utter chaos. You know, robots are running the world, or whatever it might be, and it just looks crazy. I mean, all this stuff, and all these different things that are happening, and everything is real dark and gloomy, right? They show it's dark and gloomy, and they have these different, these robots are taking over here, and, the, and then you have a few group of people. A few group of people that are underground, right? Different movies, they do it different ways, and they're underground. But if you've noticed, and I saw this the other day, you know what they call those people? They call them the resistance. That's what they're called, the resistance. Because they're going against what everyone else is doing. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Now, if you've ever seen some of these movies, what they're doing is they're coming together and they're forming a plan. But they're not forming a plan just to stay away. They're forming a plan to kill the enemy. See, some of you, you're just sitting back, and you're just kind of resisting, saying, okay, as long as I stay in this, as long as I stay in this area, then, you know, okay, I'll be all right. Listen, some of you right now, you got to start forming a plan to get the enemy back. Listen, I I know you've been saying, okay, you're just, you know, I got my shield of faith. I got my shield of faith. Okay, ooh, uh, all right. uh." Some of you, you, you have to know one thing, that the shield of faith, it's a twofold purpose. It's a defense and an offense. It's both. And listen, I'm glad. Okay, man, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Some of you, you got to bust out the word every now and then. Say, okay. Yeah, I'm going to resist you. But I'm not just going to resist you by saying I'm staying here. No, I'm going to resist you by going after you. I'm going to go after you. Okay, you're trying to go after my son? Not anymore. Trying to go after my daughter? Not anymore. You want my marriage? You can come after my marriage. But here, you're going to get some of this. See, some of you here this morning, you got to get a fight in you. Get, just been getting on defense. Okay, well, let's see how this goes. Oh, man. Ooh, that one hurt. Ooh, that one hurt. Somebody, I mean, you got to learn how to fight back. Resist the devil. You know how you resist the devil? Like that. You know how you resist the devil? You get, like that. So you think resisting the devil is just okay, as long as I stand here, as long as I stay here, as long as I'm just quiet, as long as I don't say anything, as long as I don't listen, my friend, that's not a a Christian that God is looking for and saying, oh, okay, great. No, no, no. you got to get in his perfect will. When you get in his perfect will, yeah, you're going to fight, and yeah, you're going to get hit, but that's okay. You're in his perfect will. Yes, I know the devil's going to hit you. Yes, you know that the devil don't like you. The enemy wants to attack you, but that's okay. You're going to attack him back. You're going to get him back. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that tries to attack you, than he that tries to come after you. Okay, devil. Fine. You want to attack my mind? That's okay. You want to attack my body? That's fine. But you will not have my will. You will not take my will. Not going to happen. Will not take place. I was talking with my wife the other day. We were sharing. We were talking about some things. That's how I'm going to close. And, man, we were just, you know, talking about a few things. And we were looking back and we were reminiscing on the beginning days of our marriage. And we were like, wow. How in the world did we even make it past a year? Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. some of the times and some of the things when we were talking and the things that would come come out of our mouths. I look back at it now and go, man, why did I say that to her? But it was because I wanted my will, my ways. And I'm going to hurt you my way. And I'm going to get you my way. You want to hurt me? I'm going to hurt you back. See, what I didn't know, I learned and I'm still learning. I'm only going on seven years married. I still have a whole lot. I, I don't feel so bad because our our, uh, our counselors, when they used to talk to us, uh, Paul and Carmen, he used to tell me, oh, yeah, we're like 35, 34 years married. I still don't know everything about her. I go, okay, I feel good. I feel good. He told me that seven years ago. I said, all right, thank you. That's good to know. Still married three years. Still don't. So, man, I don't feel so bad. But, man, when I look back and I say, oh, my God. The things that I said, the things that I did, wow. But it's because I wanted it my way. And if it didn't happen my way, but I'll never forget. We were talking, and there was a a night that we'll never forget. Never forget it. There was one night that it just switched. Something just switched. It was like 2 in the morning. You ever had those arguments 2 in the morning? You never had them? Okay, it was just me and my wife. (laughs) This was six years ago honestly we haven't had one of those in six years we really haven't i think i i counted to this night this night just switched Whew. and i'll never forget that and i said wow you know what happened we changed we literally changed not our wills your will be done and we prayed that night for an hour and a half on the bedside just prayed it so was like 3, it was like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, just prayed. Said, God, break us of our will. Break us of our way. Break us of our thinking. We don't want to continue like this. Listen, some of you here this morning, you're in a situation and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting and you're fighting. And it's like the enemy's got you like this and you're just swinging, swinging, swinging. Swinging. Swinging, And you figure, I'm doing something, I'm moving, but you're really not moving. The enemy's got you like this, because as long as he's got your will, he's got you. Go ahead, do it. Swing like that. Go ahead, do it like that. There you go. Tell her you don't love her. Go ahead, tell her. Tell her you hate her. Go ahead, tell her. Just say it. Go ahead. She won't mind. He don't mind. Go ahead, say it. Just swinging, so you're trying to do it my way. Well, you know what? We're gonna do it. Well, no, nah, if you don't listen to me. Well, if you don't listen to me, No, nah, man! They just swinging, trying to hit, and all you're doing is hitting the air. And it's funny how the Bible calls the enemy the Prince of the Air, because that's just really what we do. I want to challenge you, some of you here this morning, whether it's in your marriage, your finances, with the money, your children. So you're swinging with your children. Not physically, but figuratively. Just do, ah, do it this way. Ah, do it this way. Ah, do it this way. And it's just, how come we're not getting nowhere? Some of you here this morning, you guys say, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. I can't control all the circumstances, God. But one thing I can't control is my will. And so my will, I give it to you. I want to challenge you here this morning. Listen to me, Victory Outreach Church. The enemy, he don't like you. That's fine. The enemy, he's coming to get you. That's okay. But you've got a defense for your marriage, for your parenting, for they're in the home. You guys are trying to, oh, man. And, and the funny thing about it, they're in the home. It's free. You can leave anytime you want. That's a scary thing to have that much freedom oh man I'm just going to leave I I don't want to deal with this I'm out of here and the crazy thing about it is that you could you really could because it's turning over not my will but your will be done some of you here this morning I want to challenge you take your will say okay God I did it my way I'm tired of doing it my way it's leading me nowhere will be done. Stand with me here this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands with me here. Take a few moments. Got to speak it to many of you here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll still never forget that night. Never forget it greatest nights of my life, of my marriage one of because I learned not my will not my ways, not my thinking but yours some of you, you're about to have one of the greatest days, the greatest nights of your life because you're going to say not my will, not my ways, not my thinking the enemy, he could try to attack me, I understand I get attacked every now and then that's okay He could try to attack my mind. He could try to attack my body. But he cannot have my will. He will not have my will. He will not have this marriage. He will not have my family. He will not have this job. He will not have my finances. He will not have my sister, my brother, my mom, my dad. He will not have them. Not going to have them. Because I'm giving them over to God with every head bowed and every eye closed as he prepares to sing the song here this morning and if you say you know what I need to give my will fully over to God I don't want to have any part of this I want God to work in me the way that he wants I don't need that sanctification process to happen within my life so that I can do the service that God wants me to do he's got a great plan for my life and I don't want to stop it I don't want to stifle it I want him to work in my life like never before if that's you I want you to slip out of your seat right now. Come to this altar and say, God, not my will, not my thinking, not my ways, but your will be done. Your ways, oh God. Your ways, your will. Not mine, but yours, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Come on, slip out of your seat right now. Slip out of your seat right now. And we're going to say, God, your will be done. Not my will be done. Not my ways.